Welcome to the Blind Apex Podcast, where amateur club racers tune in to get faster. I'm your host, Con John Turk, and on this episode, we're talking rich folk BMW things. Don't worry, I'm wearing my Honda shirt. It's okay, guys. It's a new class, at least to me, Spec E9X. And because I'm completely uneducated on BMWs, sorry, John from 91 Octane, I need a guest. So joining me, engineer, hiker, Garmin Catalyst user, which I appreciate, and Spec E9X cheerleader, Alaric Sanders. Welcome to the show. Hey there. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no no problem. Um, you reached out to me sort of to cover this class, and um, it's time because the season's coming up. There's plenty of people that are building cars and or thinking about it or even preparing themselves uh, for that journey to comp school. So um, maybe not this year, but they're going, okay, I'm in group three. I want to do this. I want to get into four. I want to do this many things, or I want to do time trials, or I'm in time trials and I'm trying to move on this year. They've set their goals for 2024, and it's probably a good time to even set them up for success in 2025. So it'd be a good time to cover this class. Sure. Cool. Uh, before we get deep into that subject, let's get your background in racing. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, where to start? Um, I guess growing up in you know high school and before uh, I was you know quick in karting, uh, more of a you know hobby every you know once a month at a local track kind of thing. No, nothing ever professional. Um, was into NASCAR. Um, then, uh, in college, I went to old dominion university. Um, they had a formula SAE program, uh, got a good group of friends and we built race cars together. Um, you know, some of our core group, uh, started graduating on before others did. And then, uh, they said this not building race cars thing together kind of sucks. Um, so, uh, one of the, my buddies got a, you know, $600 E36, and uh, we built a chump car out of it, and we've been uh, racing that since 2017. Uh, the team is still active today. I'm registered for the 24 hour with or or the 12 hour uh, for champ car in March, and then we do a 24 hour every year. Um, so it's good fun. Um, but then uh, you know I've uh, since graduated college, and then uh, you know gotten a big boy job and engineer and uh you know you know sort of wanted to you know scratch the racing racing itch a little bit more than than doing like you know two or three races a year and uh spec racing looked to be a lot of fun uh taylor johnson was a is a real cheerleader for the spec three class and uh he's more than a cheerleader Oh, oh yeah i i'm well aware he does a lot for for NASA as a whole, uh, I've seen him in the uh, registration building, and uh, I know he does a lot of web stuff too. Um, you know, super guy, power to him. Um, yeah, I saw that he was building up that class, and um, you know, it, it looked fun and exciting. But I, I've sort of been there and done that with a lot of E36 stuff. Um, I was looking for uh, something new. Um, Coincidentally, I already had a, a daily E90 and I didn't really see it, a spec E9X class until, I don't know, probably about a year into ownership of that car. So, um, you know, I did a few things uh, reliability wise to it and uh, it, you know, sort of fit the bill. Like coincidentally, like I had the, um, the stock dual mass flywheel at 140,000 miles just explode on me on the highway. And so I switched to a, a single mass flywheel kit and it happened to be the, the chosen spec uh, flywheel uh, in, in clutch kit. So that was uh, at least uh, lucky. You know, lucky. <laughs> didn't have to do it. Yeah. I didn't have to buy something else and, and do more work into it. But um, 
yeah, it looked new. It looked exciting. And uh, I was uh, happy to, to join the others down in Florida that were uh, sort of growing the series and uh, to sort of spread it to mid-Atlantic. And uh, what, who do you work for professionally? Uh, I work for uh, two okay. companies, Ballinger Motorsports. They've been in, comp- they've been in business for uh, now 21 years. They uh, really specialize in automotive sensors, connectors, wiring, harnesses, uh, do uh, air fuel ratio monitors. Uh, we're an AIM dealer, Garmin Catalyst, uh, you name it. Um, and then I work for a company called Flagtronics. Uh, I think that you did a, a bit about flagging about this time last mm-hmm. year with uh, Matt with the company. Uh, we're, we're a competitor of his um, and we're in a lot of different series, but you know, we're, we're both uh, you know, happy to be a part of that niche of the industry and uh, advance racing safety forward. So, yeah, we won't yeah. we won't knock capitalism here. Um, competition, <laughs> right. you know, is good. We we love it on track, and yep. uh, we love it in business, and that's what will help sharpen everyone. Um, you know, help sharpen every product, and in the end, the end user benefits from it. So, um, I actually have a couple of ideas we'll talk about when we finish this podcast, because I think I want to bring you back maybe for a couple, maybe one or two other con, uh, topics. So discuss a little uh, different um, content later on, but you know, that's what happens when I get to internet stalk you before we start this podcast. So um, you talked about owning an E90 and this is spec E90. Yes. 9x so what chassis qualify for this spec class so the e90 is the the four-door version this is dan the e92 is the coupe only those are eligible Um, we use the n52 engine so um, only n52 powered e90s and e92s are allowed in the series Uh, so there's e91 which is the wagon that's not allowed E93 is the convertible. That's not allowed. And if you have uh, the N54 engine, which is the the twin turbo version, you know, that's clearly not allowed. And then the N51, you got to watch out for those. Um, Even though it might be a naturally aspirated three liter, it could be an N51. I believe there were 15 of the 50 states uh, that like required uh, higher emissions standards. And so the N51 is a... um, lower compression ratio N52 uh, with uh, a bunch of emission stuff tacked on as well. So, yeah. So it sounds like you guys sort of took the similar route of the spec 46 group doing only a certain engine with the coupes and the sedans and not really branching out into the convertible and, you know, station wagon route. Mm-hmm. Okay. So <clears throat> you hinted earlier that this class is sort of big in Florida. So is that where things started? Yeah. Um, the driving force behind it is uh, Carlos Mendez. Uh, fortunately, he couldn't join us on this for uh, scheduling reasons. Uh, I think he's doing a six-hour enduro at Sebring right now. Uh, so power to him. Um so he's the owner of Condor Speed Shop, which is huge within the uh, BMW world. Uh, probably not quite as big as uh, as Bimmer World, but um, you know there's there's a fair following that he has, and he does a lot of great stuff and offers a lot of uh, cool products for uh, lots of different BMW chassis. Um, so I think in 2021 was really his uh, big test bed development year on the class. Uh, so he uh, took his car uh, to uh, Olin's uh, facility in North Carolina and they kept it for a number of weeks and he had a chassis dynode. And so air spec suspension kit is a specially valved uh, Olin's uh, DFV technology, dual flow valve um, kit coilovers and it has switch springs it's uh, offered at a fair and reasonable price. Um, I think it's 2900 for the coilover kit. Uh, 
So, yep. Uh, then he also wanted to prove out the car's competitiveness. He uh, participated in the uh, NASA National Championship that year at Daytona International Speedway, and he actually won the national championship in ST5 with the spec E9X test car. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so <clears throat> you, much like me, spreadsheet to death, and you shared yours with me. In fact, I'm looking at your spreadsheet. Yes. It was twenty nine hundred dollars, twenty eight ninety at the time you purchased. You know, round up for inflation's sake, right? Um, sure. Okay, uh, that's these. So, to me, why did you pick this? Out? Okay. Why should somebody pick this class in the E90 over going to the 46 or the Spec 3 crew? Because I, you need to set yourselves apart. I understand where you're coming from because you're like, well, I already owned an E90, so maybe I should just do it, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be plenty of those types of people. But what set this car apart from the 46 crew specifically? Sure. So uh, I think there's a couple factors. One is just the used car market right now. It's at a interesting place. Um, I look across really 30 years of BMW chassis. You have E30, E36, E46, E9X, and really usable donors. I'd say the median price is probably about four grand across 30 years of BMWs. Um, and you know that you can find you know decent deals. Uh, there's for a the E90s value. and the E92s, they're four grand. I got, yeah, I got mine in a really good, well taken care of uh, condition. I streeted it for two years, and that was fifty two hundred dollars. But a buddy of mine down in uh, North Carolina uh, found a deal. They're like, oh, it's it's knocking or it's you know got some something wrong with the injection, and he he changed spark plugs and coils and it, it ran perfectly fine. So it was $500 plus or $200 and in, in new plugs and coils and got them a good deal. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of E nineties and E 92s out there and available, um, which when I look at the other classes, uh, I see the availability. It's still there. You got to look for the good deals, but you know, they're, they're dwindling and they're aging. For sure. I'm looking at, well, I was looking at, uh, maybe getting a spec 46 ish car for a daily. So three thirty, mm -hmm. um, you know, rear wheel drive, you know, just looking for them and they're super high mileage, all of them now because of their age, yep. you know, and then, yeah, they're just, and they're expensive for what they are and finding a clean one. Good luck with yep. that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another thing too, when you look at some of the, the cars built for other classes, uh, there, there's getting to be quite a demand for them. I think that uh, your spec E46 podcast, some of them spoke to some of the high asking prices for these cars. And, you know, don't get me wrong. They put some really good equipment in there and they built it to a very high standard. Some of the stuff in the spreadsheet, I kind of left out because I've you know, I don't want to have that as an introductory price on the optional things that I put in. I think I put a note up top of like, hey, like I have like $4,000 in professional labor in the pricing that I put in. So it's like, you know, for a do it yourself or guy, like you can be a little over 20 grand in parts, you know, four grand for a donor car. You can build this for $25,000. Um, but, you know, it'll take some work, it'll take some effort. Um, as far as the, um, the, the market for it, you know, if I, you know, sold mine, I don't know what it would go for because the class isn't really built. It's not fully developed yet. And there, there wouldn't necessarily be a lot of demand for it. And I think that's what we're seeing with the, the other class too. There's a lot of demand for it. So people are willing to pay that price and, you know, it's an exciting class. I'm happy for them. They're doing great. Yeah. I mean, they're growing and I'm not saying you're not growing. You guys are in your infancy as far as I'm concerned when you talk the time frame you were talking about Daytona essentially as a proof of concept until mm -hmm. now. That's super young for a class. Very very young. Yeah. Um but to be able to find 
donors at that price range, excuse me, look, looking at your spreadsheet to put in, you know, four or $5,000. I do everything myself except for transmissions and, uh, the cage. So paying for that, I'm, I'm not against, right. Um, you know, right. so that's just normal. Most people don't build their own cages, you know, so having that as a cost, that's, that's given, you know, so the, the price range that you're talking about for a turnkey race car that you can build in your garage isn't out of line, in my opinion. Um, what do you know what your lap times are or the spec E9X lap times are versus the 46? Uh, yeah, I do have uh, a little bit of data to offer on that. Not a lot of data because we don't have a bunch of cars or a bunch of drivers. Um, but uh, my personal lap times, like around VIR, I did a 2.13, um, which was at Oktoberfest this past year. Uh, it was mid-pack spec E30 or E46 pace, which I was happy with. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not nearly the driver that some of those drivers are. Um, my car's, you know, not quite fully developed. Um, Carlos had been working with uh, Epic Motorsports on finalizing the spec tune. So I was on a 330i stock tune, um, which was good for probably about close to 230 at the wheels. Um, but the spec tune has since been finalized and it's good for about 255 at the wheels. Okay. So that'll be a good bump. Um, I was also a about big bump for VIR. Uh, yeah. I was also about a hundred pounds heavy. Um, so, and there, there have been some rule changes over the, the off season too, uh, or some performance upgrades I can apply as well. So uh, just a little things that we found early on in the, the series development that, you know, some minor tweaks that we can, um, to add to the chassis, at, you know, not a, a crazy price, but offer, you know, a considerable, um, dollar per performance ratio. Yeah. So. I think that's important to recognize early in this conversation is that it's a young class. It's an evolving class. And so Mm -hmm. in my outline that I sent you, I think uh, maybe it's, it's a little too far down the list. Um, But the community, what kind of community do you guys have and how can people reach out to you guys? I think because it's an evolving class, the potential people need to be as plugged in as possible. Um, so what kind of resources are you guys, or where are you guys active in sharing your information? Yeah. So, uh, all the information for the class can be found on the website, speci9x.com. Uh, it's very easy to find the rules to, to look at some track records. Um, and the, uh, Community is, you know, mostly active on Facebook. There's a, a Spec E9X Facebook group, uh, and there's a group chat within that. There's some very good discussions in there for, you know, if anyone needs help or people are in the group to, to look at potential donor cars. We've been sharing them, um, you know, posting them and putting them in the chat, um, and then also sharing some really good, you know, technical data and discussions. Um, and then there's a uh, Spec E9X on Instagram. So, yeah. Um, but all that is important for potential people. So, uh, reach out to these folks, get on Facebook, get on Instagram, go to the website. There's probably going to be some sort of email at some point that you can reach out to. Probably I would put one together because there's some folks that don't do Facebook and Instagram, but you know, then there's a, then there's people who are incognito and don't have a picture, but they'll join your group uh, just just to mm-hmm. get that. So um, let's get a little bit into the details. Uh, so potential people don't go too far. So one, uh, we'll talk about it, but if you're a potential person, you really need to go online, find the rules. Um, do you have your spreadsheet shared by chance? Um, I mean, I have my spreadsheet is a shareable link, okay. um, which I'll share with you. Um, there's another mm-hmm. build uh, that's on the Spec E9X website. Uh, it's Matt Lopez down in Florida. Um, 
his pricing is about the same. I think he is, it's like 22,000 or okay. so in parts. And I think he got a cheap car co-part. So it's, you know, very much in line with what I shared okay. with you. Uh, so people can, you know, look that up and, and see what, what parts that they could, uh, you know, add to their car and, uh, sort of budget accordingly. Okay. So you've, you're very detailed in your kit. So, <clears throat> excuse me, in your spreadsheet, like very detailed, um, to the point where there's oil pan gaskets and things like that on here. So, well, yeah, if, if you're going to, you know, drop the pan and do the baffle, then you're going to be doing that. Right. It's part of the upgrade. So. Right. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the engine and what can be done. You said there's a new tune, right? So there's a spec tune. Yep. Um, does that mean there's no spec horsepower cap? Um, I think that all the other classes, they have horsepower and torque numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the series right now is, is too young and okay. to really have like a good average of those numbers and understanding of the numbers, because so far it's just been, uh, Carlos, uh, working with Epic and getting, you know, his personal numbers, but, you know, engines do vary on, you know, their lifespan. You know, sometimes you get the, a freak junkyard engine that for some reason is five or 10 horsepower above the average. And it's like, I didn't do anything illegal. I promise. (laughs) Or there's guys who overboard to factory spec and it comes out really well, you know, a a fresh rebuild is a fresh rebuild. Right. So Mm -hmm. what let's try to leave off the, uh, ancillary little things. They need to get into the spreadsheet to do that. But what modifications are allowed to the engine? Sure. So, um, I guess, uh, taking sort of the path of the air, you know, we'll, we'll go through the intake first, right? So, um, you know, they can, uh, open up the intake box and cut out that charcoal filter, put in a nice high flow filter. Um, there's a little resonator mm-hmm. tube. Um, they can change that out for a silicone one and, you know, free up some airflow that way. Uh, the intake is the uh, three stage intake manifold. Uh, it's found on the BMW 330i and then also on the, uh, N51 version engines. And then it was also available on some of like the, the X five and uh, X three models with the N52s. Um, it, it just has the, the disavows, um, to allow for ideal, uh, resonances at different RPMs to, to maximize power and torque, uh, throughout the whole power band. Mm-hmm. Um, then on the exhaust side, uh, we have, uh, spec headers, uh, that, uh, Condor Speed Shop sells. Uh, then there's a uh, spec exhaust collector, uh, two to one collector, post headers. Uh, it's a specified distance from the uh, header end flange. And then it's a three inch pipe that goes to the back to a, a spec Flowmaster muffler. Okay. And then I see, let's see, you have a silicone intake boot. So I guess that's part of the, you replace that, the stock. Yeah. To, to get rid of that little resonator too. Yeah. Is the baffle oil pan baffle kit listed on your list? Is that a spec item or are there multiple baffles? You can, you can run with or without it. I think Carlos has been quite reliable now for like three race seasons without it. Okay. So that's wild to me. Um, okay. Another thing that you're able to do too is like a uh, oil cooling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, there was uh, some, there, there's a couple of ways that you can do it. Uh, there's uh, the N54 oil filter housing uh, where it has uh, adapters where you can, uh, you know, run some hoses to an auxiliary uh, oil cooler. Mm-hmm. And then, so that was sort of a factory option for the 335i. And then for the high output versions of the N52, there was a uh, water to oil cooler, uh, which, you know, it's actually quite confined, keeps things simple. That's the option that I chose to go. 
Uh, so uh, it's uh, a kit that FCP Euro sells, and so I got it from them. Uh, you can probably mm-hmm. source it cheaper than I did, but I just want lifetime you know, warranty. Why do it? Exactly. Why not? So <laughs> it's another FCP Euro class. I really wish they'd do a FCP Asia yeah. for me, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, the next thing you have listed is drivetrain from the engine, right? So mm-hmm. <clears throat> it lists differential. Are you guys just using a stock BMW LSD? Is that what I'm, how I'm reading this? Uh, no, okay. no, we are not. So uh, the differential is uh, is from the automatic. So that's an automatic ratio uh, three seven three, mm-hmm. and then the uh, the LSD is kind of open. Uh, same reasons as spec E46 is open. You can, it's hard to enforce breakaway torque. Right. Um, you know, Cause you can, you know, get really technical into passing the tests, but still being able to have two mile an hour corner exit speed faster than anyone else um, with some trick differential. So um, it's, it's open to however you want to make it a limited slip. I chose the, uh, the racing diffs, uh, kit, which is like a $200 insert. Uh, and then it's like whatever, $50. Uh, I went to a machine shop to have the, uh, the stubs machined down, uh, so that the kit can fit and properly get against the spider gears internally. Uh, and then there's like another $30 in and parts and gear oil just to put it all back together. So for under $600, I had, uh, a limited slip differential, including the cost of the differential. So, okay. So far, it's I see that you have a single mass flywheel conversion on here because yours blew up. Mm-hmm. Like you talked about, it did it's probably best to leave those, uh, dual mass flywheels to the street. Because apparently they blow up there. I definitely would think they would blow up on track. Um, yeah, I've had that happen in the Endurance E36. Oh, really? Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you have all the bushings down here. So are, are bushings yeah. free in your class, or do they have? To, yeah, they're allowed. You could go solid if you were crazy enough to rattle all your teeth. Uh, okay. No. So the, the rules uh, align in uh, to how the other spec BMW classes mostly align. Um, they specify a uh, sort of a performance replacement, non-metallic or uh, non-monoball. Okay. Uh, so any sort of polyurethane uh, kind of Delrin or UHMW. Um, you're, you're allowed to replace for those. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that that's important. I, there's some people crazy enough to yeah. use mm-hmm. aluminum or whatever and make a mount, um, a solid mount. So it's important to realize you can't, you have to use some sort of non-metallic piece. So. Um, and then the suspension, we talked about the Olins, but what else is done to the suspension pieces sure um let's see so the camber plates are are vorschlag Mm -hmm. um if if uh you don't know about vorschlag and 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 terry you know look up terry fair on facebook he is the meme lord of oh i'm aware the automotive he is oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) so uh, yeah he's a good guy he offers some great products so yeah vorschlag is a is a good recommended uh, camera plate, not just for spec E9X, but for, for a lot of other makes and models of cars and, and classes. Um, let's see, I did the bushings. Um, let's see, wheel and tire package is the same as spec E46. Um, oh, so you're running the so it's 17 55s though. Okay. Yeah. 255s. Um, the only difference really is that, um, really for this year, we added the uh, Maxis uh, RC ones because we're not um, officially formalized with, with okay. NASA at the national okay. level, right? So until we get formally adopted, and um, you know, either tire manufacturer wants to give us a contingency, 
um, you know, we'll run either or whoever wants to run it. Uh, I ran the uh, 2023 season, did six weekends on two sets of uh, Toyo mm-hmm. RRs, and they, they were great. I loved them. Um, like at some point, I think I got my lap time down to like a, a 126 flat. And then like on a 28th heat cycle of the RRs, like they were practically trash. I was still doing 126s that yeah. session. So they're, they're great for longevity. I think that the, the maxes are a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that they have a little bit of, of wear on, uh, on times towards the end of their life. Yeah, but you know, people want to be fast. They want to be fast, right? Yep. <laughs> I see sway bars uh, and also bushings listed on your spreadsheet. Are these bushings? Um, yeah. They're non-spherical, right? Or are they Delrin? Or what? What bushings are you doing for the suspension pieces? Um. I, I have a few favorite brands that I go for that I tend to, of course, uh, Carlos would probably like me to, to say, you know, Condor speed shop, but, uh, I, I like to, to stick what I know with, with experience. I, I use pretty much all power flex, uh, with the E36, uh, for the endurance car. So I kind of went with them for mostly everything. Okay. Um, you know, basically if I couldn't go with AKG, I went power flex. So, um, but yeah, people are free and available to, to use sort of whatever allowed bushing they want, whether it's from Condor, PowerFlex, or you know whoever else, AKG, you name it. There's there's lots of companies out there. So I also see you have a front sway bar listed. <clears throat> I don't see the rear sway bar listed. Are you using a? Are you supposed to be on a factory rear sway bar? No, no, you're not. Um, so actually, funny enough, I like just added that to the list and it actually just arrived today. It's yet okay. to be on the car. Um, I chose a, a UUC uh, sway bar, um, mostly because the um, the owner of that company is a friend of mine. He raises in uh, in Champ Car, and uh, he's a, such a great guy. I want to support his business, but also the um, he mentions in the description that he has a 30 millimeter hollow sway bar mm-hmm. for the front and offers pretty much the same stiffness as a 27 millimeter solid. Um, so that was kind of of interest to me because Carlos, when he went from a stock sway bar in the front to a 27 millimeter solid, uh, I think he went with, uh, I forget which bar he went with H and R spring. That was it. Um, he dropped a second around Sebring instantly. That was the only change. So for, you know, you can say like a $300 sway bar, you drop a second. That's, that's a quite a, a dollar to performance oh, ratio. Sure. Uh, because it's, that that's in, impeccable. Like that's amazing. I wish I could spend 300 bucks yeah. to go drop a second. I guess I need seat time might get me there, but um, okay. So it looks or sounds like that sway bars are open for your class. There are limitations. Uh, I didn't, I personally haven't done the sway bar testing. Uh, that's mostly been the Florida guys. Carlos has a, a good group of buddies and I think like four or five spec E nine X's that they're, that race down there. Um, and they've all been trying different bars and, you know, they spreadsheet just like I do. And they've, they've shared their data with me and, uh, I've decided to, you know, try some other ones. So, um, yeah, there, there are limitations on, on sizes. Um, but otherwise, you know, it's mostly open. It's yeah. okay. I, the, however, it's, it wants to build. it's interesting. It's spec, but not quite as spec as some of the earlier classes for spec 46 mm-hmm. is similar, right? So, they they basically mm-hmm. gave a range. You can buy whatever bar you want, I think, but you can only have uh, yeah. it can only be so thick, right? So, yeah, and that that's what we have too. I mean, we we find that that's uh, it, people are going to talk, people are going to settle on a bar that you know, you know either de- is determined to be the fastest, or maybe it doesn't suit their driving style, so they they're fastest with another mm-hmm. bar, right? So. 
Um, it's, it's really up to the, to the driver on some of the, the finer tuning details. Cause really the sway bar is, is, is a tuning device. Uh, once you get the fast bar in there. Right. right? So, okay. And so you have listed the Apex uh, ARC 817 by 9 with a 30 offset. Is is that the the spec wheel or is cuz the spec 46 guys also do a they just do a width. They don't care, I think. They just do a width. I think that they're still 17 by 9s because like their spec tire is a 17, right? right? So um and the 255s they fit really well on a nine. Okay. Um, it, it's it's literally I think the same rule. It's 17 by nine, um, whatever brand, as long as the wheel is uh, equal to or greater than 16.2 pounds. Uh, the Apex one that I chose is 16.5 pounds, which is you know pretty close. It's a flow formed wheel, so it's not the the high dollar forged wheel. Um, and uh, the the thirty offset, uh, it's it's less of an offset from the center line, um, which seems to work better uh, than like the forty two offset uh, that the Specy forty six guys uh, run, uh, just because of the differences in suspension and chassis between the models. So, yeah, but you're running a fifteen mil spacer on all four corners. Mm-hmm. I am. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. If, if I run with a, a 42 offset, then I would have needed 32 mil. What, 12 more. Well, yeah. They don't make <laughs> <So>. those. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. All right. Um, and then let's talk brakes because you BMW guys, you guys have good brakes. It seems like so. We do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my endurance E36, I run like 24-hour races on factory brakes with PFC 08 pads, and I won't have to do a pad change the entire race. I went the entire six NASA weekends for my season last year in HPDE just on one set of PFC 08s. So, um, yeah, it's a great brake package from factory. Um, you know, PFC offers a really great pad for longevity, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, at spec three, they, they run the DTC sixties. Um, I've run those before. Uh, they don't quite last as long. Uh, it's, it's nice that they have a good FCP Euro yes. <laughs> free break deal going on. But I mean, I, for I the rotors like too. So. Oh, the rotors too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I can get it through FCP as well for rotors, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really good brake package from the factory. There's a couple of different brake packages though, that the, the E nine X has come with, uh, there's like, um, I have the three twenty five. um, the three thirty had a bigger brake package. And then I think the three twenty eight had like a M sport package that might've been even bigger brake package. So like, there's like three or four different, OEM sizes um, and they're they're all allowed as long as it was stock to the 325 328 330 platform you're, you're, we're not allowing any 335i or, or, or m3 uh, brake packages yeah but you can retrofit your car to the larger one that came on a you, you could. could okay I think that's important to, you could if you want important to point out so. yeah yeah some people have done that um, you know, some people, you know, prefer that. Uh, I think that you had a, a guest recently that was talking about thermodynamics mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, brakes get really hot, um, especially when, like when you get a lot of power or um, you have tracks with, with long braking zones. You know, sometimes there's a good advantage to having uh, big brake kits or, or bigger allowed uh, brake kits. Um, personally, I actually kept the smaller of all the options, the 325 mm-hmm. kit, uh, just because it's it's worked, uh, and I don't need the extra uh, unsprung mass. So, yeah, it, it's up front for you. It'd be okay, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll be fine. Um, I see the brass 
brake caliper guide bushing set. That's like standard mm-hmm. for every BMW. You should just do that, right? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes I wish they would make it for us. We just have to clean ours all the time and lube ours all the time. But um, yeah. So that's the the last section is basically what uh, everyone has to do, right? Roll cage, seat, brackets. Uh, you have brackets and a base. That's different. Honda guys might have you beat there. Oh uh, yeah, I, I used a was it a planted mm-hmm. base. So uh, the the factory four bolts for the factory seat they don't really mate well with a lot of other um, aftermarket seat brackets, okay. right? So there's there's an adapter base to go to some side brackets for okay. the seats. Uh-huh. That's yeah. different from, for us. We just buy it from PCI because they make it all in one unit. Essentially the adapter and the side pieces mm-hmm. come to us. So but that's just different for me. Yeah. And I'm sure like I could fab up some stuff and probably get the seat down lower, but, but honestly, like I don't find it necessary because I'm actually quite happy with where the seat position kind of landed me. So well, if you're a midget like me, you have to, I have to raise my seat this year. Cause I want a little more visibility over the steering wheel. So yeah, that, that's important. In a race car. It's important to yeah. see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So much like everyone now we're required to have fire suppression. Um, if you don't have it, you need to go get it. Um, last year I did a giveaway cause it was the first mandatory year. So I did a giveaway of a fire system. Um, and you just have the standard stuff, quick release steering wheel, a seat. Everyone needs to go get fitted for a seat. In my opinion, sit in as many as you can mm-hmm. go to OG racing in Sterling. If you're close or make a day trip of it or whatever, get up there and or over there and, uh, sit in all of them because your comfort is important in the seat and in your safety also. Just the other day, they become uh, they became an official sponsor for for NASA at the national yep. level. So, yeah, good on them. I bought a few stuff from from them. They're they're a great company, and uh, yeah, yeah, they're race? so close to me that I get all my giveaway stuff from them. So I just call them up and say, "This is what I want," and they say, "This is your price. Pay it, and it'll be there." I pay standard shipping. I'm so close to them that it comes in one day. So standard shipping for me is overnight. So, um, cool. yeah, but I see, let's see, quick release hub, fire suppression. Well, you have the cool suit, which is important <laughs> in my opinion. Um, brackets. I think I got kill switches and just accessory hardware that, um, you know, if, if someone, What's a, a list to look at, you know, as a baseline, you know, I try to include all the items and try not to hide anything. Right. Uh, yeah. So, roll cage foam you know, adds they, up. They it's, yeah. It, it's more than just bolting performance parts on, you know, putting on a suspension kit and getting out yeah. there. That'll, that'll get you through some HPDE level, but as soon as you hit a certain level, mm-hmm. you need to start concentrating on safety. So. Yeah. 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 I'd, I'd say like, as far as the list that you're seeing, um, I've, I've got about like 90% of this build done between January of last year and Hyperfest. So I, it was, it was a mad scramble. It was wild. Um, it was, but doable, um, you know, with a full-time job and I travel a lot for my job going to, to different tracks and doing, uh, the flagging stuff that we talked about. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, great stuff. It's fun. And then uh, I did HPD. I started in HPD 2. Um, I'd, I'd done seven years of endurance racing with mm-hmm. Champ Car. I'd, I'd been talking with uh, Chris Cabetto on sort of the, the best path for me. I'd, and then the, the following five events of 2023, I just hung out in HPD 3, had a good time. And then I'll do comp school in March. So, Yeah. Wait, you're doing comp school this March? 
Yes, Mark. Nice, yeah. nice. Maybe I'll uh, come out for the fun race and harass you with my 9,000 RPMs. <laughs> I'm sure it's loud. Uh, yeah, there's no muffler on it, uh, so <laughs> you'll people know when I'm coming. So you have an anti-gravity battery, so apparently that's free uh, in the system. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's under 10 pounds. Uh, so I figured that was a you know it's it's probably the it's fairly expensive. Um, I got a pretty good deal on it, and then like the week after I bought it, they did like another price increase on it. So I was like lucked out there <laughs> but um yeah it's the the factory battery is like 50 something pounds so it was like instantly 40 pounds of weight okay, savings that's, that's probably important to point out then you should find some yeah, other battery yeah. than that 50 pound one because my truck doesn't even have a 50 pound yes. battery in it um one thing i'm noticing on further down this list is uh polycarbonate window sets so you guys do run mm-hmm. Lexan essentially. Uh, yeah, I, I've got that on the uh, on the back doors. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what about your back glass? Uh, that, that's still factory. Okay. Is it allowed to go to? In your class, is it allowed to go to Lexan? Do you know? I, I don't okay. know. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd have to read up on that part. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, the emergency uh, sticker set, you need all that. Toe straps front and rear. That's a CCR thing. Everybody needs that. Sunroof delete. You definitely yeah. need that. And the inclement weather light is on there because everybody needs mm-hmm. that too. So um, yeah. one thing... I absolutely love about your spreadsheet. I think everybody needs to see if you're going to do this class, you need to see this because he has sales tax and shipping included. And and it's so important because every single item you purchase, uh, (laughs) it adds up. It actually added up that extra expenses line is actually kind of, I was surprised. Now I, I have all of that information for my setup and, and mine, I was a little different. I had, I had some help from IPG parts and so things shipping and all that stuff gets a little blurry, right? I, I want a new diff or a gear set and he's like, this is the price out the door. So some of that gets bled into on my spreadsheet. I didn't get to pull all of it out, but you know, when I buy from Amazon, okay, that's easy, right? Those types Mm -hmm. of things. But when you're building a car to have a thousand dollars worth of taxes and shipping, people don't realize that. Yeah. That people don't realize that. If you just focus on the subtotals, then, you know, over this entire build, you're you're gonna be like wondering where another thousand plus dollars went because that's that's what it takes. You're buying a, you know a lot of parts that cost a lot of money from a lot of different vendors. There's gonna be tax on that. There's yes. gonna be tons of shipping. Like <laughs> yeah, so. so just be aware. Um, that that's really interesting. I enjoyed seeing that in this spreadsheet because. Um, you know, a lot of people I was accused of, uh, or I was told not accused. Well, I was accused of, I was going to go over budget and I was like, I can't cause I don't have any more money. Right. If, if you don't have any more money, you can't go over budget. And they were like, well, whatever your budget is, double it. And I'm like, well, I can't do that. I had literally did a line item, right. For everything to include shipping and taxes. So, um, and even, even miscellaneous hardware from Lowe's or McMaster car or wherever, you know, I had that line too. So it's important to realize when you're getting into this, that stuff adds up. Yeah. I, I just think it's, uh, it's important to, you know, list everything out and, and, and have everything sort of well documented just so that you can look back on and be like, Oh, that's, that's what happened. Right. And, you know, and, and feel free to, you know, share my, my spreadsheet out with, uh, in the the notes of, of the episode too, if anyone wants to take a look at 
Um, you know, one, how intricate and tedious I am with, with spreadsheeting. And uh, two, just if they're genuinely curious on, on the, on what parts and stuff I put on my spec E9X and they can, you know, sort of pick and choose on, on a lot of the parts on, on what they want to include or not include or, or not. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll be straight up and, and truthful with, with the build costs. And um, interestingly enough, like the uh, I was in at October fast and uh, the car was getting a fair bit of attention. I was, I was there with another spec E9X guy out of uh, Charlotte area and he was looking at the cars and looking them over real close. And, you know, we were talking for about 10, 15 minutes. And um, then he was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the founders of Spec E46. I'm like, oh, that's you're, you're very interested in these. <laughs> but, but he was uh, he was in uh, agreement. He was happy to see it come because uh, he was like, you know, it is about time for it to come. Right. Because you figure, um, you know, the the lifespan of, of the BMW 3 chassis is you know, six, seven, eight years. Uh, and last year, Spec E46, they celebrated their 10th anniversary, right? Um, so uh, there's going to be a natural attrition of, of cars, you know, that are in later in their years. And it, it's just going to be a matter of time for the next generation to, to start a, a new series. So yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Especially the spec series. I don't know how the Miatas still hang on. I guess they collected them all early on uh, and they all have a dozen of them laying around somewhere for parts and tubs and stuff yeah. because everybody else is, is struggling. Um, it does help that Mazda is extremely supportive of them. So um, yes. they're fortunate in that respect, but you, uh, you mentioned another car in the mid Atlantic region. So that was two of you guys. Um, what are the car counts yeah, there's, looking there's like? Uh, car counts. Let's see. Um, so I, I mentioned it's real popular in, in Florida mm-hmm. and, and growing and flourishing there. Um, we did a get together uh, last year at Roebling Road in uh, late August, early okay. September. Um, it was a good halfway middle point. It was like a seven hour drive for me from Richmond, uh, seven hour drive for, for Carlos coming from Southern Florida um, and so some Florida guys were able to come. There's a you know a big group forming in, in the Southeast region and they fully embrace it. Like, um, Jim Pantis, uh, he goes into the, the timing and scoring info. And even though it's not, uh, a class that is, that they're able to import into, um, into orbits from the timing and scoring standpoint, because you have to register in like ST4 or ST5. Right. Um, he'll go in and change it to spec E9X and he'll list his uh, published results as spec E9X and um, they're, they're fully embracing it down there. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I hope that that energy can, can continue up North. I'm, I'm certainly trying. Uh, I mentioned my friend, Nick out of Charlotte. He comes to some of the mid Atlantic okay. events. I expect him to be there with me uh, in March at VIR. Uh, I think he mentioned he wanted to do summit point. That's probably going to be June when he does that. Um, and then there's another guy, Sebastian. Uh, he, he comes to the, the VIR events as well. He's also based out in North Carolina. He's, he's in DE four. He's somewhere in the middle, uh, from streetcar to race car in his. Build. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. This is a no brainer. If you have, uh, a qualifying E90, 92, and, uh, it's, it looks cheap, right? Um, especially if you're tracking it already. So, uh, mm-hmm. where you plan to track it, you're an E90, 92 owner. And you're like, I'm going to the racetrack. Well, it, most of the stuff you have listed is very maintenancey. And then it is a lot of the things that you're going to have to spend money on anyway. Right. right? So, um, yeah, just try to be you know, all inclusive of what a, a true track build from a street car is, you know, some of the parts will already be applicable before you take it to the track. So it'll be whatever, you know, less than 20 K from whatever sort of track worthy standpoint from a DE standpoint. So. Yeah. Um, do you know what it's going to take to get you guys recognized by NASA or maybe another sanctioning body 
whoever can get you qualified for these contingencies? Sure. Um, so I think that we're already recognized uh, with SCCA in the T3 class. There was a, a newsletter that came out in November about that, um, allowing the, the published rules on our website um, to be worthy in the T3 okay. class. Um, and then um, as far as on the NASA side, um, I think that, you know, they're, they're a little bit hesitant because they're going to, you know, a little bit of the attitude, Oh no, another BMW class. Um, but then it, it's also, you know, what, what requirements, uh, um, you know, how many cars do we need to become a class? It's, I, I like to compare it to, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? Do you, do you, um, advertise a class and get rally some excitement around something new and try to get people building it? Or do you have to have a bunch of, people with built cars already to, to have a class made. Right. Um, so, uh, it, it's the answer probably lies somewhere in the middle, you know, some regional directors, they'll, they'll advocate probably a number that they really want in order for them to, you know, at least regionally, uh, recognize them. Um, and, and other regions will, will fully embrace. And then at some point it'll, you know, catch on at the national level. Maybe we'll, we'll yeah, see. I, I just, try. You know, these, the E30 tanks are not going to last forever. They're not, they're just not. Um, Eventually that class will sunset. If you look at the age of those cars and say, and now they're, Mm -hmm. they, they did make more of them than a 944, but nine spec 944 is basically sunset, you know? Um, So to think that, the E thirties are going to last for another 15 years that I don't see that happening. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. And it, it's just to start getting this rolling while that, while some other classes that are older might start dwindling, right. right? Have, have another option of something newer and, and exciting to, to build you, for us. You bought a $5,200 E 90 street car, right? Yep. Yeah. I, I I can't find E30s without having to do a major overhaul for less than $5,000. So, yeah. Wh- why wouldn't I want the newer car? You know, there's a progression sure. here and and it's coming. So. Yeah. yeah and, and it's exciting too. I mean, I mentioned my 213 lap time and, you know, that's, you know, considerably slower than some of the spec E46 guys, but you know, I'm I'm not near the driver. Some of those guys are, but Carlos, he's, he's, he's a pretty good guy. Um, he's gone, I think about two seconds faster, uh, around Sebring, uh, than any published spec E46 time. And it was about a second faster at Daytona too. Um, so it's, it's also fun and fast. I mean, there'll be some people that'll point to a spec series and say, Oh, you shouldn't make a series fast. Right. But, you know, there, there sort of needs to be a natural progression as something is newer. It needs to be faster. Um, and we're trying to do that at a cost reasonable level. Um, it's as you, as we've talked about already, you know, dollar per performance, you know, every part has to really earn itself on the car. So we, we've, you know, been working hard at it for a number of years now and to really formalize that list and the rule set and, uh, you know, get together a good package for, for everyone to build to. Yeah. Th- that's going to be important. Um, and I wish you guys all the luck in the world. I will never race with you guys cause you guys are in thunder. I bet. So, um, wait, you're in T you said ST five though. So, uh, early on in development, it was an ST five car. I probably have to run a lot of ballast now to, okay. to be ST five. So I've, I have registered for ST4 in March. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I won't be buying one and I won't be racing one because I have too much money in my Honda already. So, uh, and we won't share the track, but we can share the paddock. So, we can share the paddock. Yeah. Have, have some, some good times and good conversations. Absolutely. Outside yeah. of there. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, I appreciate you sharing such a <laughs> young and infant class. Um, you know, you guys are just going to grow from here uh, that you have no choice. Um, you know, yeah. I don't see. Yeah. I, 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 
Yeah, I appreciate you having me on and and, uh, and highlighting this this new class. Uh, I think it's you know something exciting, and uh, we'll, we'll certainly grow. And uh, yeah, it's uh, something that will be awesome to be a part of. Yeah, uh, and and to be honest, at the rate that Taylor and those guys share E thirty six chassis with all their people, and as fast as they're growing, they're going to chew through all those chassis too. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah, that that that's been a concern of mine because I I, I endurance race a, a ninety four E thirty six with the single Vanos engine, which is exactly their their spec thing. So, like I love the the growth that that he he has, but like there's there's a small part in the back of my brain it's like oh, yeah. stop, I need some save some stuff for me. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, man. Well, you have a good evening. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Until next time, keep working on yourself, keep working on the car, and let's get faster.